Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Box Out Banter. It's been a while, but we are back for at least a little bit. Uh, it's been a long time, Jordan. How you doing? It has been a long time. We are the bi-monthly, bi-multiple monthly podcast, Box Out Banter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been, a, I've been good, man. Uh, NBA season right around the corner once again. Um, it's just going by fast. There's crazy shit already to talk about. Might have been one of the more low-key wild off seasons I can remember in a while. But I mean, it's, that's... it's the off season of weird shit happening. <laughs> weird shit happening at times where usually not a lot of shit happens. Like you know the whether it was the Kevin Durant trade request that kind of froze the league for like a month and a half. It, it really did. And then when it finally was you know reported that you know obviously katie announced he was staying in brooklyn and all that shit then other stuff started trickling in (laughs) trades late season trades and um all that (laughs) stuff we got a teammate trying to punch out another teammate we got a coach getting suspended for a year getting suspended that's right yeah that's that was the what i knew i was forgetting like a big thing but like yeah Ime Yudoka getting suspended for the year after being in the finals as a first-year head coach. Uh, just a lot of crazy shit has happened. But aside from basketball, like, you know, I've just been good, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the next stages in life as one does, like, you know, contemplating what the next move is and all that shit. Um, just trying to navigate life, uh, the usual um you've been jet setting everywhere that's yeah just been working working hard doing doing the gaming thing it's sort of the the summer is sort of the hotbed of time for all that kind of stuff and then uh pandas kind of oh superstar five tool player chris okamura jesus man no <laughs> we're i if you want stories later i'll tell you some stories there's some crazy shit that happens on the road oh um, i bet but uh yeah i mean so i do i I told you I wanted when you were like, "Do you want to record?" I did. I did say I wanted to bring up one topic and one topic only. Yep. And and so <clears throat> I remember last. I remember, I know you don't like looking forward at prospects. You like looking at them kind of as close to full pictures we can get them before you make a decision. And so I remember last year we were talking about Chet Holmgren, and we're like, "Dude, Chet Holmgren, like you know this guy's kind of a, you called him an alien. You you called you know." And so I was like, "I was like, yes, but remember." There's something coming. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And so we we've heard we've heard the whispers about Victor Wembanyama for seen videos uh, of him. You know that. Yeah, we've 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 see, we've seen flashes. It's like it, it reminded me a lot of like the Zion stuff where like we've seen Victor for a long time. It came a lot I, in the form of grainy YouTube or Twitter scout videos and stuff. Yeah. Um and you know that obviously that viral video of Victor and Rudy Gobert going one on one, and Wimbenyama at sixteen years old was just cooking him, like, yeah, just frying him alive. But yeah, so yeah, I mean we've seen we've seen the the whispers and tales of Victor Wimbenyama, mm-hmm. um, and so now we have full games, <laughs> full uh, games, all right. full games in four eighty p or four k. Yeah, um, I was watching the games on my 4K Roku TV. Yeah, and we have we have full games in 4K against uh what you know top NBA prospect talent. Um mm-hmm. and uh the man lives up to every inch and every morsel of hype that he has been given, from what I can tell from my opinion. What so, what say you, Mr. Christmas? Like when I said Chet Home Grit. I don't know if I said Chet Holmgren was an alien exactly, but the body type and the way he was moving and blocking shots, that did kind of, you know, jump out at me. And then last year, like, as I looked into some more college stuff, because I, admittedly, I don't watch college basketball like I used to three or even four years ago when I was writing um also um but i did like paolo i did end up liking paolo bancaro in the end um 
just because I love the 6'10", 250 offensive package and all that stuff. My God, let me tell you something. It's not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole at all when I say that Victor Wibanyama is, I think, easily the best prospect I've seen since Kevin Durant in 07 or LeBron James. It's one of those two. 7'4" eight foot wingspan and like I said like I I consume a lot of basketball like I see a lot of you know YouTube clips I follow draft scout people I've seen people write about Web and Yama I haven't seen like full games per se right like I've I have I so like when you only see clips you don't get the nuances of like the game like you don't get like the in-between stuff the stuff he does without the ball and all that stuff seeing these two games man he not only lived up to the hype he destroyed the hype he exceeded expectations which is impossible to do in today's day and age like everybody i think everybody all ages and sizes literally all ages and sizes because there was as somebody who runs the Nets daily account on SB Nation, he's like 75 years old, we all just found out. And he was like, I saw Kareem in person in high school. And everyone's like, how, how fucking old are you? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And he's like, Victor Wibanyama is like up there with, with, that, with that level of prospect. Dude, it's not just the step back threes. The, the pull up 35 foot threes from the hash. The fadeaway three in the corner in the second game, which was fucking ridiculous. It's all the other stuff, too. He's competitive. He's willing to roll to the rim as a big guy. He can defend guards. He can block the... He can protect the rim by not even jumping. Like, the the tanking that's going to take place this season. I have said it well, before. I love, that, I love that Adam Silver had to come out and make a statement. Yeah, like, well, Adam Silver, yeah, uh, Adam Silver can put on the face or whatever, and yeah. you know, definitely not salty because he ruined my Sixers tanking or anything like that. But that's besides the <laughs> point. Um, this guy, the tanking, I have said it before, the tanking that is going to go on this season, it's going to be a movie. It's going to be generational we are going to see teams like the Spurs, the Thunder again. Shea Gilgis-Alexander might as well just be out for the season with some injury, with some fake oh, injury. My favorite, my favorite thing was, uh, it was the, hey, Shea Gilgis-Alexander out for the season. Reason, Victor Wembenyama. <laughs> <laughs> that you might, I mean, you might as well, because that dude as far as prospects go, that's like one of the three best prospects I've seen. I've seen Odin. I've seen Durant. And as a young 15, 14 year old, I was at the time it was unpopular to go against Durant or to go against Odin and say Durant was the number one pick. I always liked Kevin Durant. I've loved Greg Odin too. But God, the, I, the feeling I got watching Victor Wibanyama is like watching Kevin Durant, just somebody who is with that size that has otherworldly skills like a six five person, Dude, LeBron. It, to me, it's like, not. It's like it's the the part about Victor that's like incredibly scary is like the it, it's not the obviously it's the skill set. Like he has the dribble package. He has the he has the defensive awareness. He has the length, the size, the shooting touch. Oh, he can but post to up me, too. It's the footwork. Yep. He has the footwork, and a guy at that size shouldn't be that coordinated. <laughs> he doesn't like. He doesn't carry himself like he's seven foot four. He doesn't no. hunch over. He doesn't hunch over. He doesn't have like a slight limp in his gait when he walks or runs. Like he, like somebody said it bet I forgot which podcast I was listening to, but someone was basically doing the game of what is the minimum height? What is the minimum height you can shrink Victor Webinyama to for him not to be the number one pick. And the it was a four person podcast. It was a Trill Withers show actually. And they basically were just like anything like six below six feet six is like the limit. So like basically he would be the number one prospect if Vic Victor Webinyama would be the number one prospect if he was like six seven and over. Yeah. Like 
that's how good like the skill pack like the, the, the mid post the, the mid post crazy moves. is even if he was like six one and played point guard, he would just be two to Scoot Henderson. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like you would not be in the NBA. Like he would be number two. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like even if you made Maybe him a lottery pick still. Isaiah Thomas's yeah, even if you made him Isaiah Thomas's size, like I could make an argument that you could pick him over Scoot Henderson. Like you know, like it's not like it's a, it's not like the size is just an added bonus. Yes, it it like a lot of people will throw around Duran, and I've already seen people trying to be fuddy duddies with Victor Wibanyama's hype and all that stuff. I just say fully embrace the hype, you know. Just oh, hundred percent. We haven't have we haven't seen anything like this. That but the Durant point, like from the standpoint of posting up in the mid post area and being able to shoot over somebody that you know cannot block your shot, that's where the shades of Kevin Durant comes in for me, like the comparisons, because nobody can touch that shot. This guy was hit in the second game. This guy hit the defender with a dream shake and then fade away baseline, turning over the right shoulder, and it was cash, and the guy could not block it. How does somebody drift to the corner one giant step, fade away in the corner, hits a three, the net doesn't even move. And i that's the one thing I do want to see in the NBA is, because I know he was like a low 30, sub 30% three-point shooter in his time in France, but that shot looks good. He has the touch. Like, there's like maybe one or two things mechanically with this shot that I could nitpick at, but it's fine. If, if your shot is your shot. This is why I didn't have a problem with the way Lonzo shot the ball in college because it went in. Um, he just needed to rework his form a little bit, which he overhauled. Um, yeah, and it looks great now. And it looks great now. I like want, can I, just say, I want Lonzo to get back in the court. I'm so sad. Yeah, the Lonzo news does bum me out uh, a lot, especially because this is his third knee surgery. But Victor, man, like the only, literally the only question – is can he stay healthy? And based on how he runs, how he moves, how he's able to move laterally, like I'm always in awe of guys like Evan Mobley, guys like that that come in with that size and are able to just move their feet laterally, are able to take advantage of the they know that they're long as hell and they can play angles that way, knowing that they can recover. Like Victor Webinyama has all of that shit. And he's seven four. Like that the He's seven four, seven four, and he has like the tightest handle that you could see on a big man. Like he was crossing over, crossed over low, like he was a guard and got to the rim, spun and got to the rim, laid it up. Like, dude, it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. He dropped so, thirty seven in back to back games. Like, <laughs> so the thing that I brought up, and like, I think it's like again to my own horn here. I think I'm like I think it's pretty accurate. It's like he was he was a kid that was obviously raised tall and and never made fun of for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like most big guys, it's again I don't know. It, again, it's not always it's not always true that you get bullied as a kid, but like you know you get bullied for being tall, and then some guys like you can tell like oh they're not fully embraced in like how tall they are. Yeah. Or like hey they like slouch a little bit or whatever, and like just gameplay wise that he is fully like oh no i'm tall and like i know how to use all my length and all my size and like i'm happy to do so and it's fully integrated to who i am as a person and like i'm proud of it and so he stands up straight there's no slouching there's no like punched back nature of it like he is fully coordinated and like yeah this is who i am this is what i, I wonder do. how late his growth spurt was because like that like he had to he had to have been like six 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 seven in middle school or something and was still coordinated as hell. And then he just hit like a mega growth spurt. I don't know how he is. I don't know how he is that coordinated, man. Like there is, there is no way like somebody's going to do it this year. I know it. Somebody, there's going to be a few select people that are going to try to be, you know, basketball hipsters and, you know, go against the grain because everybody else is saying it. And they're going to be like, Oh, scoots number one. Oh, um, one of the Thompson brothers, I forget which one's the better one. Um, one of the Thompson brothers, they might be the number one. But no, 
No, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, no. It's Victor Webinyama. There is no debate about it. If anybody says otherwise, you know, call me, text me so I can help you through this tough time. But like, no, like <laughs> it's I'm sold. Like I am after the first like five minutes, I was sold even in the first game. Even before the crazy shit, right? Yeah, even before the crazy shit. And in the first game, you know, Metropolitan's 92 was getting blown out the window by G League Ignite. And Scoot, by the way, Scoot is also him. He is a, you know, he's going to be a franchise. That's the the crazy part, is Scoot Henderson is also insanely good. He would be literally, he'd be literally number one in last year's draft, the draft before that. Like he would, he would be a number one pick in any other draft. Like he is a top-notch guard prospect, right? Victor Webinyama is the clear-cut number one. And based on how people who follow this stuff and write about this stuff, it looks like there could be four or five franchise-changing level prospects in this draft. But it seems like the top two is clear. It's Scoot at number two, Giant Gap. Than Victor Webinyama, like, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I'm blown away. Like, I'm still, I still can't comprehend. You know how I told you, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. I remember I was telling you that I was going to make a video of like an Attack on Titan center crossover about the history of the center, right? Yeah. Um. So I've been working on that, and I've finished recording my script and stuff uh for the video before those two games played and i mentioned victor webinyama in my script obviously because he's a part of the he's a part of the point of the video and i was like you know what i is the probably i should probably wait to watch these two games and uh before i keep editing this video and so i watched those two videos and then i went back and i redid the end of my script and I re-recorded, <laughs> I re-recorded, re-edited, and put that put the new part of that script in my video because I I knew I was gonna see something crazy. I did not expect this. Like Jesus, no, the he, first time you the first time you see him too, like you saw and like, like clear good quality too. Like I wish I was there in Vegas because I know in person it was probably people's minds melted. But, like, just seeing him in a better quality TV is like, yo, yo. Yeah, this dude's insane. This dude's cracked. Like, I don't know. Again, it comes back to the thing of, like, hey, here's reigning defensive player of the year, Rudy, three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Hey, he's at the game. Cool. Hey, here's a guy that's known for being tall and athletic. Cool. And then Victor makes him look like a fucking scrub. <laughs> Victor makes him look like a child. Like, he is so much taller than it. You saw the picture they took together, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Well, I saw them. Well, I, I, they were together on the broadcast, too, like, after the game. And it was just yeah, like. like, what the fuck? Like, bro, you should not be this size. That size and moving that well. Like. <laughs> yeah. There's no. There's no logical explanation. Like, it's like the basketball gods. Like, I always talk about the basketball gods being like, all right, LeBron, you're going to get all of this. Except for the like, hairline. This, yeah, this this is not fair. It's not. This is unfair. It, it's not. Like, he could, like, you, it's, it's always tough to compare prospects to current NBA legends, but that's the only group of players we can draw comparisons to. You know, like somebody like somebody with somebody I saw somebody on Twitter say, like, you know, you got to compare Victor to the gods, you know, <laughs> like this. This yeah. guy could change like the entire paradigm of basketball. Somebody who can do everything on the offensive end of the floor at seven fucking four with an NBA record emphasize NBA record eight foot wingspan longer than go bears longer than bowl bowl or taco fall eight feet (laughs) and he could do everything on the offensive end of the floor and he can guard guards 
and he can protect the rim. That pitcher from the first game where he got the reach in on Scoop, but he got the ball. Oh my like, god! That looked like from a three, horror movie, bro. Where he was he was standing at the free throw line and he tagged the ball at the yeah. three. Yes. Like he could he think about this as a help defender. He could recover from the free throw line to the rim in literally one jump, dude. <laughs> in one dude, jump. The, the crazy part. The crazy part is him blocking the threes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's... Like, like he's a legitimately like he could block threes, like consistently. He he and he blocked Scoot on a few drive. Now Scoot went right back. Scoot went at him at first in the first half and got oh, him the, on a few. Like the battle was crazy. The battle was the just the battle of prospects alone. Like you 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 don't see many. You don't see many prospect to prospect events live up to the hype like that. Not even in college. And think about the, and th- by the way, like you you could tell Victor is a gamer too, by like a competitor and a gamer because everybody knew everybody's eyes was on this event. Everybody was like, all right, October October fourth, October sixth. We're even the casual NBA fans, the the hipster NBA fans, everybody that was like. We all right. Let's see what the draft. Let's see what this draft community is talking about with Victor. All everybody's eyes was going to be on this event. Apparently, over two hundred NBA scouts, executives, a lot of GMs were there too, and they lived. They lived up to the hype. <laughs> like a lot of people were probably smiling because they saw Victor just go absolutely bananas in every facet of the game. But they looked at that first game with Scoot, and they're just like. All right, we got a we got a franchise point guard on our hands. Even though we would love to have the number one pick, <laughs> like that, and that's the thing with was like I feel bad for Scoot, but like it's it's not his fault. Like this guy Victor isn't he's he's oh my god I can't I I'm at a loss for words sometimes. Like I can't I'm I'm it's it's funny because. Like, my dad's not a basketball prospect guy, and he's not a numbers guy. My dad is always, like, every time I talk about a prospect, every time I'm like, oh, Cade. Like, Cade is a dude. And he was like, I haven't heard anything about him. And I was like, well, okay, because you only watch the sports center. Like, no one here. You know? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, and I was like, I was like, Cade is a guy. And he goes, well, if they, if, you know, let me see him first. Let me see him in the league. Let me see him do their, like, you know, whatever. My dad watched those two those two women Yama games and went, "Holy shit, that's that's a dude." <laughs> yeah, even my dad, like, my dad was the same way. He was like, "Uh, yeah, that that he saw only saw highlights, but he was like, oh, well, yeah, shit.' <laughs> <laughs> like that's a that's a problem. Like yo, hold like on. yo, that's a like, and it's not even like, I know somebody's gonna bring up the skinny weight thing. He's not even that's not even an issue to me, bro. Like. He has the frame to fill out. He has wide shoulders. He has wide hips. He can fill out fine. Um, but like to me, like he doesn't need to bulk up though. Like he no, he looks he, wiry if, strong anyway. Like you can if he could you can you imagine like and I don't even think this is a stretch. In like two, three years, I could see him looking build wise like on DeAndre Ayton, and I think that's fine. Oh, if he's DeAndre Ayton size, just fuck, or yeah, in terms of bulk and muscle, yeah. adding on muscle, then fucking yeah. wrap, pack it up, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, pack it like, up. Is that a stretch to you? To, do you think No, that he, I don't think it's a stretch. Like, he's, like, Kevin like, Durant. Like, looking, looking at the way his body is set up, mm-hmm. like, he could, I think, with, with an NBA weight room and training coaches, oh, I yeah. think he hit. Well, I like, think he hit that size. Well, like I said, he has the he has the wide shoulders to put on weight. He has the hips. Like he, there's nothing about his frame that screams to me that he's going to be probably that body type forever. That skinny body type. Like even when I watched Kevin Durant in college, I was like, he could put on a little weight, but like that's not going to be my concern with him though. Like, but high school me was enamored with Texas Kevin Durant. So maybe I'm biased, but like, even when he didn't bench like two thirty five, I didn't give a single shit. <laughs> I was like, Oh, can he put the ball in the bucket? Oh, is he still six ten? Well, now he's seven feet. It's like, Oh, is he still six ten? Can he shoot over everybody? Can he dribble? Like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like, but with Victor, <laughs> oh. like 
even even Giannis, I don't think that's like a good comparison in terms of Phil because Giannis had a growth spurt and then like you know he yeah, was and filled out and then filled out once he got nutrition and stuff because like remember he grew up poor so I imagine he didn't have the nutrition that he had growing up um, yeah to be able to you know take advantage of filling out and feeding his body good stuff then and he just got introduced to that and then he filled out after having a major growth spurt i don't see that with Wibanyama. i think he could put on Could you like... imagine him with a growth spurt <laughs> there's rumors he's not even done growing which does scare oh me a little my bit god which does scare me a little bit but like this dude moves so well like you have to like I don't want to nerf him a little bit. Give him some hype to slow him down a bit. Yes, like you know those video, like you know you've seen a you you've played a lot of video games over the years. Like those video games where you create a character, then the more attributes you put in one trait, like the yeah, other attributes, the other ones, yeah, right? the, it pulls down the traits and the or the numbers in the other attributes, right? Like it's see, <laughs> that's what Victor feels. He feels like a creator. I made a seven foot three alien in NBA hang time for the N sixty four when I was yeah. growing up, and like all I did was like shoot threes and dunk. And like, I think that's all we. I think all of us have done that, and so all of us understand. Like, yo, Victor's not like this. Ain't okay. <laughs> like this is like this is it's wild. And like, I'm just thinking of, you know, like yeah. the thunder. There needs to be. A, there needs to be a rule. Yo, Victor, you can't shoot threes. Why? <laughs> it's just. It's not fair. <laughs> just ban the dunk like college did for Kareem. <laughs> just, just ban the act of dunking a bat. Victor, you cannot shoot threes. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, Why but. Not? It's I'm just thinking, it's not fair, right there. It's it's just not it's not cool. Like the Jazz are obviously gonna be they have the Jazz. I wonder how fast the Jazz are gonna speed up their fire sale because they still have too many good players to take. And look, I want to be very clear. I'm not advocating for bad basketball, but I'm not stupid. I understand how the team building side and the incentives of a draft that the NBA provides and induces this type of behavior. But if you're a bad team or say you're like the Kings, the Blazers, who the Pacers, all, the Pacers, they're going to be bad though. Um, Yo, the Pacers, unless they trade the away. Pacers, well, the actually, Pacers. no, they're not going to be bad enough unless they trade away Miles yeah, Turner. And you know what would make them bad? Fucking Russell Westbrook. That would make <laughs> them so bad. They should do that. Uh, we have our first Lakers sales pitch of the podcast. They uh, should do that. <laughs> but no, like, even like, you know, the teams that are trying to make the play in, like the Kings are, they want to make the playoffs this year, right? They have a mandate. Their general manager did not get extended for whatever reason. It's the Kings. Don't ask me why. But their general manager should have more years left on his deal. But like the Kings, the Blazers, the um, you know, teams like that, like even the if I'm Michael Jordan right now, and I am speaking this into existence. Yo, LaMelo, you don't want to play this year. Like, the Hornets have been looking for a center for 5,000 years. They look – I'm honestly really low on the Hornets. I don't think they're going to make the play-in. Um, I, like I don't like the moves they made. I don't but... like the moves they made. I don't like how the roster looks. I just don't like anything about the offseason they had. Their second-best player is a is – a, uh, is, oh my god he, I'm, should I'm, not play a I game just, in the nba again um jordan i'm rock hard right now i just imagine lamello women yama pick and rolls yes um <laughs> that like that's what i'm getting at like the hornets should be stealth tanking to get web and yama like they they should be in that position but michael jordan's probably going he's to the, yeah he's not going to tank he's basically said as such in the past but like Teams like that, because like Lamelo's gonna get his rookie extension and he's gonna look years from now and be like, okay, what am I, what am I gonna have to play with here? You know, like who I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna look at the NBA standings because I actually, I actually um, want to see who else should be in the Web and Yama sweepstakes. The Wizards, everybody, everybody, everybody that does not have a shot or has franchise players or everybody that basically yeah if you don't have a shot at the playoffs or the play in you should definitely be tanking and even if like 
you barely make the play in or you're the bottom two, like the seven or eight seed, you should be tanking. Like the Pelicans, I don't think they need to. The Timberwolves are fine. Like, but teams like the Kings, they really should be in the Webinyama sweepstakes, but they're not. The Blazers. We all know the Thunder are Sam Presti saw those two games and had a heart attack. He almost passed out. Yo, Sam Presti's saying right now, he, hey, everyone in the league, I'll give you 30 first round draft picks. <laughs> if you if you give me Victor Weminyama, no, I don't. I you're gonna have to trade me like fifty future first, fifty future draft picks to give up. I'll Weminyama. trade you all I got. <laughs> and like part of part of me, honestly, like look, let's be honest, no one's gonna do that. But no. let's be real. And also, you Candace against the rules. There's <laughs> yeah, but like let's let's be real. If <laughs> I mean technically, you could just be like, hey, <laughs> whenever I get first round picks, you got them. They're yours. Um. But, like, because think about it, the next four drafts, they have, like, 30-something draft picks, which is fucking crazy. Fucking <laughs> yep. crazy. Yep. And, like, if you're, like, obviously, again, he's too good not to. But, like, does part of you as a GM go, like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take these 30 picks? No. There's no shot, right? No, I'm not. No. If I get the number one pick and I know I can draft Victor Webb and Yama, you're going to have to pry that from my cold, dead hands after you throw me into the concrete, after you (laughs) throw me into the ocean with concrete around my feet, Godfather style. Like, there's no way I'm giving up. Because, like, someone had brought that up to me of, like, yo, if if the Thunder came to you with the King's Bounty of, like, here's everything that we have for the last, like, that we've... All of the picks we've stockpiled. Then I'm sending a king's. It? Then I'm sending a king's guard to escort them out of my castle because yeah, I am like keeping there's no Victor way, right? <laughs> like there's, there's no, no way, way, absolutely <laughs> not. No, like, dude, this is like, like this is the type of tanking you do in a video game when you see like you know a video game simulates a type of prospect like this that has like a potential ninety nine or whatever. Um, and you tank for it in a video game. This is like literally that type of scenario. Like he is the number one pick in the draft. Um, I've seen other people make arguments. They have to go all the way back. Like I know Ralph Sampson was brought up as a comparison, which is actually not a bad one because Ralph Sampson did move really well for a big, obviously injuries, you know, derailed Ralph Sampson, but he had a nice shot. He could handle a little bit, but obviously it's not Webb and Yama with the hand, the advanced handle and the step back threes and all that shit. But like, that was a good little, um, that was a good, uh, I guess proxy for Webb and Yama. Um, Kareem, like you have to go all, you have to go back to like gods basically when they were prospects at that age to find a comparison for Webb and Yama, like even like Luka Doncic, right? Like it took me a bit to come around. I'm like, okay. Cause I had Aiton as my best player. Then eventually I was like, all right. Yeah. Doncic is that dude. Like, they, and there's guys you can tell are going to be stars, superstars or whatever. Cade Cunningham, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis. I loved Anthony Davis at Kentucky. Um, <clears throat> even, uh, obviously Kevin Durant, uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony, you like all types of guys. Victor Webinyama is like mind boggling to me. Like I can't explain it. I don't know what I'm watching. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I was watching when I was watching those games. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing too, of like, when you watch, it's not just the highlights. It's like he does something every time offensively or defensively. Every single time where you're like, that shouldn't be possible. Yes. And it's stuff like, it's little things like, yo, you know, he can hedge a screen and then get back and cover the big in the same stride. (laughs) Yep. Yes. It's, it's so crazy. It's really, I, I, yeah. Like if you're okay. So say like the teams that are playoff hopeful, like usually there's a point in the season where where you go fuck it where it's very apparent the season's not going the way you want to go so you just say all right we're just gonna you know pack it up play the young guys all that stuff right blazer blazers did that last year especially after dane got his uh abdominal surgery you know there's examples of this that 
that threshold might be sooner. It might be like, <laughs> hey, hey, if our if we're not looking on track by New Year's, uh, shit, we might as well just pack it up right now <laughs> and try to get Webinyama, or at least, at the very least, get Scoot Henderson, because Scoot is also him, as the kids say nowadays. Like, Scoot is oh, Scoot is a franchise level changing guard, and I can't wait to watch more of him on G League Ignite. Uh, ignite this year um but you i'd imagine if your season isn't going how you thought it would be within like the first month and a half or whatever i just be like you know what let's just go for victor now <laughs> yeah like I, i'm sure who are your summit like even the like the prospects i mentioned like they're not like I don't know. I just felt something different watching Victor, I guess. Like I like no, the I'm, same feeling I got the same feeling I got watching Kevin Durant. I felt like I was watching an alien play on the basketball court. And like Well, like it's it goes back to the thing of like it was game breaking. Like what he was doing was game breaking. It was stuff where it's like he was blowing up pick and rolls on his own because he could just get back everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that it goes like and then on offense, like uh, Richard Jefferson made up the great point on, I think it was get up or whatever. He made a great point of like the NBA is all about space. And he is the embodiment of space. Like, yeah, he, is the he said human that on em- NBA today or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Like he is, he literally like that line is so perfect. Cause it is the thing of like, yeah, I can just raise up and shoot over you like KD. But like, I have also another six, inches over Katie of like I can just go up here and you can't do shit he shoots over his head it's smooth he mm-hmm. ha- he's coordinated enough he's a good touch good shot whatever also hey I could step back and my step back is like a good two feet oh, I can also play if a, big if a guard switches out on me and he's guarding me on the perimeter I don't need to dribble by him I can just raise up from the hash mark and shoot uh-huh. a 30 fucking foot three <laughs> yeah <laughs> like Also, like, I have the footwork to, like, put you in the blender and give you the dream shake. And, like, Mm -hmm. he has, there's everything in his game where you're like, I don't see how you stop him. There was a, there was a possession and I'm glad uh, I have it saved because uh, I follow Steve Jones Jr. on Twitter and he is fucking fantastic with basketball analysis actually him and nikaias duncan in the dunker spot they do a good job on the dunker spot it's one of my favorite podcasts but steve saved a clip that was burned into my mind when i watched the second game victor webinyama hit a guard with a pound dribble left crossover to the right and he made his move and drifted baseline and drifted out of bounds for a fadeaway baseline jumper it didn't go in but he gave the guard the shake with the handle and then he rose up for the shot i'm like if he can make those moves good fucking luck dude what <laughs> like huh what i like where is this game going dude like where where is basketball headed <laughs> like I thought Evan Mobley was, like, impressive with how he moved for his size and, like, how coordinated he... There's a lot of great coordinated bigs in the NBA. And Webinyama's just the next in line of just, like, the next level of coordination just blows my mind. How he can rise up. How he can get into his form. How he could, you know, like you said, the footwork. All that stuff. He put that all on display in front of all those scouts so he could play under pressure a little bit, too. Like... If you're just talking about, like, the complete package you're looking for, like, not just the skills and the obvious size, but the instincts, the work ethic. It sounds like he's a hard worker. All the stuff you're looking for in a great player, like those quote-unquote intangibles, like the drive, the the work ethic, the, you know, just the want to be great. The crazy part is he's humble as hell, too. Have you, like, his interviews are great. His Yeah, exactly. Well, he also... I, I don't want to put too much in the humble stack 
but he is also he I do like a little confidence over yeah from my players and he and he said he said uh you know I love Scoot he would be the number one pick if I wasn't born I was like like, oh that's hard (laughs) that's like it's it's like he said it kind of jokingly right but like oh yeah obviously yeah of course yeah but I mean but he knows he he meant that he knows (laughs) but like again I, I don't mean I don't mean humble as in like doesn't know who he is but like I mean humble as like he wants to. He knows he could be better. And he's oh yeah, not, he's yeah, not yeah. Like he wants to work hard. Yeah, he's not like, oh, I'm the shit. I'm Stephon Marbury. I don't need to practice. Like I, he is yeah. like, I want to yeah. work hard, mm-hmm. and like I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready for the next step. I meant, uh, I meant fake humbleness because, uh, you know, there are players who will say that stuff, but they're not actually about it. And it seems like he's about it. So that's what I. That's what I was more so saying. Um, but also like he knows he's good <laughs> like he knows yeah. it, it this it, that's what i love in my play like a hard worker somebody who's competitive as shit who gives a shit like those i feel like we've kind of course corrected ourselves now but like in the middle of the 2010s it didn't feel like people valued the quote-unquote human elements and i think there's a lot of reasons for that like you know we just went way too far to the right with you know analytics and wanting to take out the human element of stuff and stuff like that and this isn't an anti-analytics thing that's just what happened in my eyes just looking at being involved in internet discourse for over a decade um right but like we've kind of swung back to the middle now we're like hey this guy works hard they're like you want to bet on those guys the guys who give a shit who who give a shit in a close game and like all that stuff like even like people who were at the game were saying like Victor was leading the huddles. He was telling teammates what defensive coverages were, what all that stuff leading at 18 years old, by the way, for a professional France team, right? Like this guy seems to have everything you want in a player from the intangibles to the obvious skill set to the obvious alien nature, physical stature that a lot of the greats have had. Like, think, look at a lot of the game's historical greats. There's a lot of great historical players, right? A lot of them, they were also physical freaks in ter- to go along with the skill and the work ethic and the hyper-competitive drive. And Victor seems to be, he checked all those boxes, which is like, all right, I'm sold. Like, if anybody, <laughs> imagine, imagine your shock level if a GM on draft night in June of 2023 and you did not hear the name with the number, you know, you hear with the number one pick and you don't hear Victor Webinyama. If I hear Scoot Henderson, I'm throwing something out the fucking window. <laughs> like <laughs> that GM should be immediately fired, like on the spot. <laughs> no, the fan, whatever fan base, whatever city will be storming the fucking arena. Yep. <laughs> Like, I would Hornets be, fans are going to be storming that arena when Michael Jordan picks Scoot Henderson to pair with bro, the was, ball. <laughs> oh my god, I was laughing so hard. One of the tweets that I saw was like, "You get first, second, or you didn't tank hard enough." Yep, yep. Basically, like, and man, I don't even know what else to say anymore. I feel like this dude is just mind blowing. <laughs> It, he it, it's truly mind blowing. Like, I knew he was going to be easily the number one pick. Like, you know, you see clips of him and stuff, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Like, was that a screen? Was that a, sh- a three off of his catch and shoot screen? Was that, you know? Oh, he- dude, I was I was laughing because someone said so the two K community's been kind of like up, like not up in arms, but the two K community's kind of been like, "Dude, whatever team Victor goes to is like that's the next most used team in two K." Like yeah, that, yep. that's like because you can't like even in in two K like it's hard to stop like LeBron or like like your star players right. Mm-hmm. This one's even like I don't even know how you balance for Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, because like, height you just can't. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't even know how you make that fair. Like, or like when you when they drop their their cards or whatever, like the ninety nine yeah. diamond cards or whatever. The fuck. oh my god, I don't even know how the hell, bro. <laughs> And that should that should really just be the title of this podcast is Victor Webinyama, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, real shit, like real shit. When you when you think of 
everything he brings to the table, you gotta think like this is it's fucked up. Like yeah, real shit. Yeah, like like come like come on. The Wizards like like the so, Wizards are gonna be scrapping to make the play in. Bradley Beal is so, gonna catch COVID for the seventh time and miss a bunch of games, and the Wizards are gonna be in the twelve or thirteen range, and they're gonna be picking seven next year. Wizards fans are going to be irate. <laughs> so, I guess last thing on Scoot Henderson, we'll, and we'll take the last five minutes to talk about other shit. The wait, sorry, hold on. What if Detroit beats the lottery odds? Because remember, it's flattened odds. Yeah, like for the first four picks, it's fourteen percent. Then the fifth pick is ten percent. What if the Pistons have like a six percent chance to and win number it. one, and they get it? My God. Durin with Victor, you can play Durin and Victor Wibanyama together with Cade, with Cade and, and Ivy Sadiq Bay. And, and Sadiq Bay. And <laughs> oh my God! I they're, made a I made a Pistons video because I think they're still going to be in the lottery, and I got I like three thousand. Re- I, I got like three. Think, th- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll go for it. And then my thing is, in the next five years, the Pistons are going to be scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I still think they're going to be a lottery team this year while they're still developing. And yes. my Pistons video got like 3,000 views. And this this is a fandom's a funny thing because they got super pissed at me that I said they were going to be in the lottery. I'm like, the lottery's one through 15 picks. Like, that's, you could still, like, it's conceivable the Pistons pick in that range. And some of them were like, bold prediction, the Pistons are going to be top 10 in scoring. I'm like, okay, well, all right, all right, all right. Party's over. Let's just, <laughs> like, for, they're predicting 40 wins and shit. I'm like, all right, guys, let's let's just... Pump the brakes here for a second. But no, like it like the Pistons could get Wibinyama. The Magic would get another giant long wingspan character to play for them. Like like the Thunder like dude, the I don't know what I don't he's gonna break the NBA. Like the tanking oh. this year is gonna be unreal. Apparent Woj says Wibinyama can add five mil five hundred million dollars to a franchise's value. Oh, um, I don't doubt it. Um, yeah, I think it's actually more than that. I think he's under. Yeah. Whoever told Woj that is underselling it. It's probably going to be like over a billion and a half or something like that. But like, if that's your cornerstone for the next two decades, yeah, of course. But like, man. But sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you were going to say. So something. the the last thing is, I always laugh when like. When you play pickup with your boys and you go, hey, I got a buddy. Can I bring him along? And you go, yeah, as long as he's not too good. And, like, in your head, you're picturing them bringing, like, LeBron James or some shit, right? Like, and then, <laughs> and they show up and, like, you, sh- you show, they show up and, like, you know, usually they're pretty good, whatever, but they're not, like, fucking crazy. And then every once in a while, yeah, that, yeah, they bring someone and you're like, this guy could play D1. Like, this is, this is fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, Victor is the guy that you think they're bringing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you... sure, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, where you're like, you're like, as long as he's not too good and doesn't like ruin the game, like, you're fine. Whatever, yeah. just bring him. Mm-hmm. And then like, Victor is the dude that like breaks. You're the like, game. no, you're like, no, you can't, you can't bring him. That's not it's fair. like I, I got two games in me that I'm going home. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're, you play one game and you go, yeah, no, nah, he can't play. Like, you got, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, just like I, I'm gonna pull a hamstring in the first game. <laughs> like, that's that is not conducive for me. No. Uh, it, man, I he's gonna be so like I'm, I'm like completely dude, sold. He could, he's gonna be really fucking good, dude. Real, real shit. And Bill Simmons did this on his podcast, and like, I, it's a crazy thought, but like, there's only maybe four guys in the league where you go, I wouldn't trade them for Victor Women. Oh yeah, he did that, and he and he said the Sixers would trade Embiid, which I disagree with that heavily. Um. I think he uh, his little trade column thing. I did see that. Um, I honestly though, I I they probably wouldn't trade Embiid, but like you gotta think about it. Like, I mean, you from gotta, an age from an age health perspective, I guess. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're if you're thinking like down the line, and you're like, if you're if you're the Sixers, and you're thinking like, how many more years of Embiid do I have? like this or i can have this 
this souped up Cadillac version of him. Like, what is this? What am I like? You got to think about I, it at least. I, no, because like the other players are the same age as Embiid. Like Giannis is 28. Like, Jokic is 27. Like, and honestly, I thought Embiid was the MVP last year. Jokic deserved it. But like the only, I guess the only caveat, obviously, that he has aside from those two is his health. But like, I still wouldn't do it. I, I would keep him but like there so yeah i mean <clears throat> agree or disagree there's only like four guys four yeah. or five guys that you would think about like uh, no yeah yeah uh, it's just fucking, think, think yeah. about we're saying this on 19 year old 18 year old kid mm-hmm. yeah this kid's 18 yeah from a whole value thinking, perspective like you gotta there's you're like not like there's five or six guys to me you just say no <laughs> like yeah it's it's Bro. wild it's wild game breaking like and it's crazy it's crazy every time i think about it, every time i think about it and the thing that's funny is like any basketball conversation i've had over the last like week week and a half it's all i want to talk about <laughs> because it's unreal <laughs> it's unreal dude and like i've watched those highlights like 10 times already like each game because i'm just like how can he move like that the shots he's making like it's and then like the first game he didn't rebound well enough well in the next game he got 37 and 11 and like yeah he, Bro, it's, and it's it's the kind of thing of like where you're watching the game and you're like he does this he does the dream shake and you're like all right and then he does the step back three uh like deep deep three and you're like and oh, okay <laughs> and then he does and then he does the dribble handoff fade in the corner and you go what okay you're like i'm done you're like yeah what right. yeah if there is one thing that i took out of this is that i'm going to summer league this summer yes, or next 100%. summer 100 i'm going oh to, my god I have to, we need I to ha- see we we have to see victor webinyama in person no matter what team he's on or what team he's playing for whatever I'm going to have to make my first Fourier to summer league um, in Vegas in July. Cause I have to, I have to see him and we probably need to catch him within the first three days because there's, he's probably going to play like two games, max two games, max probably. And then they're going to shut him down. So it definitely has to be within the first three days of the trip. Um, I already thought this out. I'm just like, I'm seeing this guy in person. Like I'm not going to be, robbed the experience of witnessing this person <laughs> witnessing this guy in real time just run up and down the floor like a six five person you know like man yeah man it's crazy it's insane yeah if you can't tell listeners like we're pretty high on victor webb and yama we talked about him for 53 minutes <laughs> Yeah, if you're not if you're not like a big basketball person and you don't like and you haven't seen him play yet, like please go look. I'm like, show not... I'm showing people who don't watch basketball. I'm showing people these highlights, and they're just I like they're like, like Yo, what? You gotta watch this. They're and they're just like what the fuck? <laughs> like how? Like this is an alien, dude. Like it, it's that's how crazy this is. Like it's been a long time since we've had like a hoops type of a type of event i guess of like this cataclysmic like timeline stamp like where were you like <laughs> type, yeah type moment and it's like it's been a while since we've had that you know um <clears throat> i guess like the nba shutting down but i really don't count that that's also a terrible memory because basketball i is- mean gone for three months the pandemic hit and everything went to shit yeah i mean it's been a while since you had a positive one like yeah the other like a seminal a seminal basketball moment like kobe dying was another one where i'm like okay that was like i remember where i was at and i remember like everyone remembers where they're at and like Mm -hmm. what that was like an important day in the nba um but yeah like as a good like a good good seminal basketball moment that that, like has it's like it like talking about it 30 years from now type shit yeah no it's like i could i can't even think of one that was like recent well i guess we do have to transition yeah Um, so we'll spend we'll spend the next five minutes talking about whatever quick rapid fire what do you think of Draymond green um i don't even know if we could rapid fire through Draymond. i'll try but like 
when the news first came out from Shams and Chris Haynes, they were obviously doing their clutch PR spin on it. It was like, okay, they tried to make it seem like it was a hard push. They were really trying to sell that. And then when the video came out, it was that changed everything for me. Like, it's like, holy shit. Like, that had some real intent bo- behind it. Like, he, sn- he came up to him. And it's actually, the funny part has been the discourse between people, you know, litigating what a sucker punch is and what a sucker punch isn't. Um, whether sucker punch or not, like Jordan Poole obviously wasn't expecting his yeah, own punch. teammate to punch him, and that push that he did to Draymond Green that was like a yo, get like me. get yeah. off me, like in the confines of practice. Like, look, I get it in the street in street hoops or like in street pickup or like you know life or whatever. Like, if someone gets in your space and you push them away, yeah, you better be ready. And like, yeah, that is true, but like. Also, like, Jordan Poole wasn't expecting his own fucking teammate to wind up and Falcon punch him in the face like that. Like, yeah. I don't care. Can we, can we talk about, too, he, he like, he, it's like a lunging. Falcon punch is a great way to explain it. He, like, fucking lunged. He cocked back, put his whole front foot into the punch, and, like, hit him. Then he tried to catch him so he wouldn't, like, fall too bad. Like, it... It was bad, and also, like, it didn't seem like a lot of the Warriors players knew how bad it was until the video came out, like, <laughs> because they were all focused on the practice. The only one who really yeah, saw no everything one, was no Ron Adams, the, the assistant coach. That was really the only person who, who saw it, but, like, that was bullshit by Draymond Green. Like, and I do believe him that it wasn't contra- – I think it, w- it was not contract-related. That's something – that was something else like because him and Jordan Poole, that's like his rookie. That was his that's his. Well, yeah, that like that was for all intents and purposes, his little brother. Right. It took him under his wing and all that shit through the yeah, yeah. years. Steph was out. They won 15 games or whatever. Like they're they're cool like that. But that was some that was some mal. That was some really bad intentions behind that punch. And like it's good that he's taking a step away, but like. We're all focusing on the wrong. I also get, I do get the perspective of like that video should have never leaked. And I do hate how practice stuff gets leaked nowadays. Um, But like the punch itself, my God, like what was it? He could have broken his jaw. That's like the, that's like one of the key cogs of the future for the Warriors. Like, what is he doing? (laughs) And like, he obviously is a pattern of behavior for Draymond, like for the fiery competitor that he is and stuff. He has trouble controlling his emotions. He punched LeBron in the dick and cost the Warriors a 2016 championship. He cussed out KD and it he, like basically dressed him down in the Clippers game when he wouldn't pass KD the ball and KD was like, yo, what the fuck? And then Draymond just went off on him. And that was part of why KD left. Like, when is Draymond? He's 32 years old. He's punching a 23 year old man. Like, what the hell is that? You know, <laughs> like he's going to de. I picked the Warriors to repeat this year. I think it's going to be a Bucks Warriors finals. And I think the Warriors are going to repeat, but I'm not so sure about that now. Like this is like, this is going to be a giant cloud hanging over them for like a lot of the season. Like that, that was crazy. Like that was some bullshit by Draymond, but the man, like, uh, what was your reaction when you saw the video? So my initial reaction was, holy fuck, he hit him good. Like, my first reaction was like, holy shit, that was... Yeah. Like, he, like he unloaded. Uh, so, I guess shock and, like, impress is the wrong word. Because it's not like I'm like, holy... I, my thing was like, holy shit, how, like, he caught him so clean. And, like, I was like, dude, that's a good punch. Like, he didn't... He didn't, like, half-ass it. Like, he, like, legitimately, like, went to hit him. My first thing was that. And then, like, the more I watched it, the, like, the interaction leading up to it, I was like, okay, clearly something was happening. And, like, my thing is, like, yo, if you want to fight and, like, have a, like, have a, like, you know, a brawl, like, hey. Get the gloves out. <laughs> put your glove, like, get your fists up and say, come on, let's go. Like, don't just punch. Yeah. That, to me, is like when you're... He walked over there looking for a reaction from Jordan Poole so he could find an excuse to hit him. Yeah. And he didn't get it. Or he got the push, which, again... Which is what Draymond was looking for. (laughs) Yeah, and then just went at him. Wild. Just... 
why I don't know how it's going to affect their season. Steph Curry's the ultimate like culture setter and team leader. So I'm sure this is something they can get over, but like what about Draymond's future beyond that with the Warriors? Definitely the contract situation gets a lot more murkier now. Like is it's it's really it's also like just the whole thing with Draymond like the whole new media, old media like I like that he has a podcast and stuff now, but like the whole new media shit kind of got overplayed fast because he's basically now he discovered in the off season that off season content is hard, and then he ended up doing old media shit like ranking players and all that shit. And like I don't know if that's part of it that's gone to his head or whatever, but like there was just that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe. Once again, I can't believe, like, TMZ, once again, David Aldrich had a good tweet. He was like, TMZ, once again, doing one of those, how the fuck did they get that type of thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. It, it was, it was crazy. But, uh, yeah. what was the rap, what was the, what are the other rapid fires you got? Uh, Ime Udoka. Do you have any thoughts on Ime Udoka? Not... Not really, because I don't know. Like the fu- yeah, we, we don't still know the don't know. The, we hard. still don't know the full story. One, I hope uh, everybody that was affected by this is okay. I know there is a lot of also dangerous speculation about which female employee it was, and people were putting pictures of Celtics employees online, which was horseshit and not fair at all. Um, also, like j- that's just. That's just weird. Like, you can't do that. You're in a position of power, like, inner work relationships. Like, that's never – it hardly ever ends well. And then not only that, like, especially if something doesn't go your way, that person in position of power is going to exercise that power on someone who can't defend themselves or whatever happened. And, like, I just feel bad for the people that were affected by this, obviously, the victims or whatever – the victims and – um, I, I don't know the full story from what Matt, like Matt Barnes made it sound like it was Matt Barnes made it. If Matt Barnes is saying like, Matt, yo, this shit yeah, is Matt, bad. Matt Barnes sounded like he fucking murdered somebody. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what like, happened? Yeah. Like he, he sounded shook by it. So it has to be something really bad. And also like, damn, that's a, two finalist teams having giant clouds over their head like that. Like, and like. It's yeah, I don't I really don't have like a concrete opinion on other than like the Celtics probably did the right thing punishing him, Ime Udoka's or punishing him for that length of time, but it honestly sounds like they set that up to set up the off ramp that Udoka's probably not going to coach for the Celtics again, honestly. I don't I don't see that happening. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much all my thoughts on it. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of it. What about the, uh, I mean, we all knew the Kevin Durant trade thing. That was, yeah, that that, was gonna, whatever. Yeah, that was gonna end up how it was. Like, there was no way he was going to, and like, Phoenix, once, once the, uh, once the Suns matched Indiana's offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton, that was kind of it, I felt. And now, um, I still like this Nets team, not on paper, of course. Like, Zach Lowe is always making the joke that they should just be called the Brooklyn on papers. <laughs> I do like <laughs> I do like the talent on the team, and it's still Kevin fucking Durant. Like, there's no way he's a the eighth best player in the NBA like ESPN has him ranked. I usually don't care about those ESPN rankings, but when they put Luka Doncic ahead of Embiid, I was like, all right, now I'm going to defend my guy. Sixer fan in me came out. Like, there was just no no way. Like, Kevin Durant at eight and Luka ahead of Embiid was kind of all right. But, like, I still like this Nets team because of Kevin Durant, and there's no vaccine mandate, so Diet Coke – um I don't even have a good joking nickname for Kyrie Irving. He's just so dumb. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's no mandate, so Kyrie Irving will probably play a lot of games unless he decides to just randomly go AWOL. I still like Simmons, even though 
I think we all know what he is as a player at this point and all that. But, um, yeah, that trade saga just about, that was about where I expected it would end up after. Yeah, Aiden I wasn't got, surprised. Yeah, after Aiden got matched. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Yes. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad the majority of our conversation was Victor Wembanyama. That's yes. what I wanted out of this. Yeah, me too. I was um, like, I gotta talk to Chris about Victor Wembanyama because I don't know what the fuck I watched. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing was uh, like, it was like that night. It was like two in the morning, and John Hollinger had tweeted out like, "I'm still processing what I just saw." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those late night tweets at two a.m. Man, it get it, it be that way sometimes. You like you, dude. I just you I recap just the day, and you're just like. Man, if you're an NBA scout and you're laying in bed and you're just like, "Fuck, did I just see?" You're just like, "Yo," <laughs> it's like seeing a mind blowing movie and it makes you think for three hours afterwards. You're just like, "Yeah, what did I? What did I just watch?" You know, <laughs> it's in, it's literal insanity, man. All right, yeah, if, if, yeah, but yeah, if 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 you've reached this point in the podcast and you haven't checked him out yet, listeners, check out Victor Webinyama. Yes. The if highlights, at least. Talk, Even if you're not a basketball fan, check out the highlights, please. <laughs> You've never seen a man do this, what he's done on a basketball court before. <laughs> no, you. yep, you have not. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you for watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you guys whenever we record next. The B.O.B.